Okay, welcome to another episode of A Conversation with Open Minds. We are glad to have you here and hope you will enjoy today's episode. As usual, I'm here with the two-thirds of my great crew, Noah. Shalom, y'all. And Randall. Buongiorno, everybody. I'm excited. Let's do it. (laughs) And today we actually have a special guest for uh, our podcast, but I will turn everything over to Noah and he will handle that from here. Hello, everyone. So we're going to introduce our special guest. We have um, uh, a lady with us that um, we've all known for a few years. Her name is Ebony Mizell. Um, if, if you don't know her, you will, because she's going to be world famous one day. I know. <sighs> and um, but um, she's uh, she's um, a wife of one of our co-workers. And um, she um, in honor of, of Women's Month, we wanted to try to get as many guest women as we can to talk about issues that they want to talk about. Um, so we, we kind of were hoping to kind of um, kind of let Ebony kind of run the show um kind of you know she brought some points to talk about so it's kind of kind of it's kind of going to be her show and for what she wants to talk about we're going to kind of along for the ride but i'm um, not sure if she's had any experience with um doing podcasts but the three of us are old pros and we the, up pros. With the best of us <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah so um so without any further ado i'm going to hand it off to ebony as an introduction hello welcome thank you for joining us and um go ahead and just say say what you want to say and get the ball rolling for us all right. Uh, well, my name is Ebony Mizell. I'm a wife, a mother of three. I'm a dog owner. I'm a lawyer. I'm a soccer mom. I'm a football mom, sports mom kind of person. Um, I am above all of that, though, an African-American woman, um, you know, just trying to make it in this society uh, daily with uh, all those hats on as a mom wife and an African-American woman. And the struggle has been um, always there, but I feel like this past year has been a particularly harder struggle for for me emotionally, for me, uh, even physically, just kind of, you know, bearing the weight of all that's been happening. Um, so, you know, those are kind of my big broad points, but, you know, just wanted to kind of come on here and talk to you guys about, you know, obviously we're celebrating women's women this month and, you know, all the champions uh, out there that are female that have done so much uh, for this country, um, actually for the world. Um, But at the same time, don't want to forget some of the, you know, the struggles that come um, with being just a female in uh, American society. Awesome. Awesome. And as far as the, the lineup goes, so I, I am the, the white guy here. Um, so, okay. Uh, that's good co- to know, Noah. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. When it comes to the conversation, <laughs> um, I find like I've got a special place in the matter in, in the sense that, um, you know, when we talk about issues in general, usually, you know, we talk about, you know, well, it's not everybody's problem, even though everybody is affected by certain things. But the problem right. starts with those that are creating the problem. I, you know, and I think that's most people would say that and think that. But so when it comes to, you know, what we're talking, we're going to kind of talk about is as racism in the world and issues that, you know, we want to talk about something specific um, as the, the, the white person of the group. I feel like it's my special place to be the one that talks to my peers of other white people to say, you know, hey, listen, this is a problem or, you know, you didn't know about this. OK, so. You know, the problem really resides within us that are causing it, 
not necessarily me per se, but those of us that true, are true. of the majority that, you know, are in quote unquote power of the time. Um, so that, that's kind of how I feel about it as far as where I'm coming from. Um, and the issue you wanted to talk about specifically, Ebony, um, you want to go ahead and introduce it? Well, there's, there's a couple of different topics. I, I guess when you initially had called at the time, what was on my mind was the incident that had occurred at the uh, middle school in Osceola County where a uh, police officer um, kind of, uh, I would use the word attack, but I, I do know that the young lady was in the process of, um, I believe, going after someone herself. Um, so I don't want to say that he just walked up and attacked her. I do think that he was initially at least trying to... Uh, I don't necessarily know that de-escalate is the right word considering his actions, but just, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think the, uh, just the treatment of, of, well, my perspective obviously is coming out as a mom, but more so as a mom of African-American children. And I guess when I saw, you know, my kids were big wrestling fans and so was I actually um, in the eighties. And all I saw was this guy like clothesline this, girl yes. and, and yes. I just right. was like oh my god I cannot believe that like just happened um mm -hmm. it hurt me I've got a daughter you know who's nine now will be 14 soon I believe this young lady was 14 um I and I I do recognize that you know I don't want to say that I don't think school resource officers are not needed and necessary especially in certain schools where you do have a degree of uh, you know, concern with regard to fights and things of that nature. But I just don't necessarily know that this is the way that we, uh, the, the, I don't know if this is the type of police presence that I want um, mm -hmm. at my kid's school. Um, mm -hmm. And that it, it's, it, I found, I, it, it, it rocked me to just to see it happen. You know, of course I watched over and over again, like just, I don't know. I mean, she, he, he knocked this girl out. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, yes. I was, I was mortified. And mm -hmm. I guess my, my big thing is um, I've always, and I've always told my kids, you know, which sucks that you have to have these conversations, but mm -hmm. those were, Hey, you know, there's certain things that are going to be perceived by other people, your actions, your, your words, your behaviors uh, that may be either mischaracterized or misjudged. So you really, really have to be careful. You have to, you know, put your, you know, quote unquote thinking cap on before you make a choice that, you know, your white counterparts can make and not have the same judgment. Um, so it's, it's very frustrating for me as a mom. And I feel like this young lady was attacked simply because she was African-American. That's the only reason I think the officer came at her the way he did. I don't think he would have handled it if it had been a 14 year old white girl um, mm -hmm. the same way. And there's nothing that you can tell me that would change my mind. No, right. can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead, man. If I'm thinking, okay. Um, I saw that story too, and it triggered me. I'm going to just be honest. I, I keep it real. It triggered me and I'm angered because the first thing, and I have an adult son that's in college and we talk about this and he kind of blows me off, but um, African-American <laughs> kids, men, I mean, little young girls and youth men are treated like adults. I don't care. Nobody can change my mind. Right. In the eyes of the law, they're seen as adults. Just like the Trayvon yeah. Martin case, just mm -hmm. like all these other cases. Um, with the, well, their counterparts, white children, are treated like children. I've seen right. this time and time again. Um, I go on calls where I, where I see this. And for that police officer to 
knock this child out. I don't care. This is a minor. Right. Uh, unless she had a gun or a knife or something. And remember, guys, it was two police officers there. Right. So I researched the story. So they they get taught de-escalation tactics. And for him to slam her and knock her out, that's uncalled for. That's over-policing of minorities. And we right. see it time and time again. Um, and I'm just, I'm to that point, you know, uh, we had the jury selected not to get off topic for the George Floyd uh, case today. And I'm yeah. sure it's going to be so much drama with that. But that's over-policing. This girl was 14 years old. You mean to tell me two competent, hopefully competent <laughs> police officers supposed to be couldn't couldn't figure out or use their training to subdue a 14 year old, whether she was acting erratically or not. I'm sure they could. So that's my thing. I'm gonna just let others talk. I I I think that with the whole de-escalation thing, it's it's funny because for every video you have of a police officer, what I would call overreacting to a situation or over policing. Um, you've got the videos where you see the, I mean, literally strung out white guys with weapons exactly. where they all of a sudden know how to talk and let me talk to you, friend. Like, let's mm-hmm. calm down. Let's yeah. th- those tactics just, I mean, they just, I don't know if that's like step one, step two, step three, but with African-American, both children, uh, men, women, they automatically jump to step eight. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like we, yes. don't get, we don't get steps one through seven. I don't know where that's taught. No or benefit where it's, of the doubt. Never, no, never, no. never. It's, and it's I always do... a perceived threat of, of a, you know, uh, of a criminal. You know, the, right. the term thug comes out all the time. Right. It's like, yes, give me a break. Right. It's it's, it's even the little girl uh, who I want to say Rochester, but that I may yeah, not be correct. That was pepper sprayed uh, after. I mean, this little girl is handcuffed. <laughs> she poses no threat. And they like this lady just. Pepper spray, told her she was going to do oh. it because she was acting like a child Ebony. and it was a child she was nine Ebony. years old and she had enough you know uh sense to say hello lady i am a child and yeah. yet still got pepper sprayed hey, I mean, Ebony, when i originally when when uh you originally told us about the story i kind of looked at it but then when i started researching we actually get into what actually happened oh, it's, it's, even so much more, worse. it's even more triggering yeah, it's even it's more, very, yeah. it's like hard to talk about when we actually start taking it by steps. Cause yeah, I mean, I broke it down. It's really triggering, but we, yeah. I mean, we can get into that, but go ahead. Um, I just, I just, I mean, it, it's not even so much just this situation. I, I feel like, I, I mean, I've got a couple of examples. I've got, you know, two African-American sons, um, never been in trouble in school, never, you know, been, you know, I mean, besides, you know, a tardy here, uh, maybe, you know, talking in class, you know, those types of things. But I mean, you know, no trouble at school, you know, no suspensions or anything like that. The first altercation my oldest son had involved another child at the school who was white. Um, This was fifth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade. Um, Crazy because the only reason I learned about it was because my son was getting ready to take uh, a shower and he was taking his shirt off. And I was like, what is that on your back? Um, And he was like, oh yeah, I got into like this little scuffle at school, but you know, it was no big deal. 
And I was like, uh, you have a wound. What are you talking about? It was no big deal. Oh, well, they, you know, they just sent me to the nurse. You know, Jacob just like went crazy. He was like, it was no big deal. Like I put him in a headlock, you know, uh, you know, it, it lasted like maybe 10, 15 seconds before, you know, I, you know, told him, you know, you need to calm down. And, you know, the teachers came over and broke it up. So let's just role play and switch that out um, and had my son attack this fifth grade, sixth grade year old child and left a wound um, that, you know, required first aid. No, I mean, nothing matters. It's not stitches or anything like that, but it was a, you know, a clear wound. It was an open wound on his back where the wow. kid had scratched him. And yes. so when I saw that, I took a picture of it. I emailed the principal. I emailed his teacher. Um, I emailed the dean at the school. And I said, yes. Yeah, so I just saw an open wound on my son's back from an altercation that occurred in the school. Yet I have heard nothing of this. Something tells me if the roles had been reversed and it was my son attacking the other child, not only would I have been called, I feel like my son might even be suspended for a few days. Oh, Please yeah. advise. <laughs> and, you know, it was just this whole frenzy of no, no, no. We were just investigating and, you know, we were going to let you know. My son oh, should oh, never please. have been sent home. Oh, exactly. And if I hadn't seen it, I don't necessarily know that it even would have been addressed. Um, this was a private Catholic school occurrence. Same thing, though, that happened in a public school here in Orange County. My other child was uh, in the lunchroom. I want to say he was in third or fourth grade and a kid punched him in the face again. You know, yeah. not not my kids uh, start didn't start it or anything like that. Um, but again, didn't hear about it. He came home and was laughing about it with his brother. And I asked what happened and they told me. And again, you know, I fire off my emails and everything. But I just like that. Oh, he's fine. You know, oh, it's not a big deal. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like like, why isn't my son being attacked at school? Not a big deal. But if another kid y'all want to call, you know, parents and all yeah. the rest of this stuff, how am I not being at least made aware, even if it's not a big deal? Why am I the one asking you what happened to my child while he was on school property? That's hey, crazy. KT, yeah. remember we were talking kind of not talking about this, but we were talking about how doctors perceive black people as being able to have a higher tolerance of pain and ding, ding. That, you know hey, they doing stuff too. and yeah that's yeah that's on yeah. my list too but that's, that is that's on a, my list yeah that's in the same kind of uh cue because probably and i'm just not going to speak for the school they were like oh you know um this kid this black kid can defend themselves because right. in their warped mind they were like he probably fights every day or some shit like, you know, some stuff yeah. like that, you know, right. yeah. which if it was the other way around, you know, it would be SWAT team out there. Yeah, you let, know, let, let, let my there. son cold cock somebody in the nose <laughs> yeah. and think that it's going to be handled in the same way. Now, you and yeah. I, Noah, speak for your, speak for your people, <laughs> know <laughs> that it would not have been handled the same. And it just pisses me off. Um, yeah. Like, and it's, it, I'll give you one more example that just pops to mind just because we had a soccer game last night. Um, I had, uh, my, my son was, you know, I, I obviously am adamant about respecting um, older adults, especially refs, coaches, all of those things. That, that's a non-starter with me. I don't play that. Um, so in a game, my son got a, a yellow card for fussing at the ref. And of course, after the game, you know, I go and I talk to him and I said, you know, Isaiah, uh, you know, this is absolutely 
unacceptable behavior. And he said, mom, can you just, can, can I just tell you what he said? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what he said. He's the ref. He gets to decide. He's like, mom, just, if I could just tell you what he said. And I said, fine. It's yeah, obviously it's not going to change my opinion because he's an adult. You don't talk back to him. You shouldn't have been doing that. You're the captain of the team, blah, 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 blah. So it turns out that the guy had told him and, and get, and granted I, my, my son is often knocked down and, you know, doesn't get calls, but you know, we don't, we don't play that. It's not fair card in my house. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the ref told him uh, he had gotten knocked down. This is like the fourth or fifth time. And, you know, the kids probably should have been called for a foul. But, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. I, I hate to see it, but it happens. The ref told him that, you know, you're better than him. Just deal with it. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and, and so my son was like, so since I'm better than him, I'm not going to get any calls. And the ref said, yeah, that's right. Mm. Wow. And so for me, you know, afterwards, he was so upset. He was just like, how am I supposed to play this game if everybody's not going to be treated fairly? And, mm. you know, of course, my, my thing was like, well, damn, you know, that's he's spitting out his right day. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> and we're playing a game and he's 10 years old and he's recognizing that this, this shit ain't fair. No. You know? <laughs> I mean, mm. seriously, it's very, very frustrating. And so when you see the school resource officer, uh, you know, attacking the kid or my or me as a parent not being notified of an altercation that occurred at a school where my son was wounded or um, my son was hurt um, or, you know, something as simple as, you know, a, a call that should have been made, you know, like it, it, it's all of these little things. And then, you know, you wonder why these kids act out because, like, this is just like, like, you know, the Jenga sticks just lining up, just ready to be knocked mm. over when, uh, you know, something happens, something small, yeah. too. And it's, it, yeah. it may not be something big, but it's going to set, I would say, uh, you know, it could set a kid off. It could certainly set a grown man off, uh, mm. a female, an adult. And you just you don't realize the effects that this unequal treatment, um, this inequality starting at you know, third and fourth grade, the, the impact that it has after years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just very, very frustrating. It's frustrating as me as a mom, you know, having to tell my kids, you're right, it's not fair. This is life for us, you know, and I hate having to say that. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I hate yeah. it. I hate being in that position, being, not being able to level the playing field for them. Well, I, I if I could jump in real quick, I, not, not to have any reason or, or not to say there's any excuse for it, but I think some of the reasoning for a lot of what is still happening to just, you know, everybody of color, I think it just dates back from centuries, centuries of the idea that, you know, um, the slaves were, you know, they're made for work. They're tough, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and mm -hmm. the, the perceived notion that, yeah, they're out in the field all day. They can do this forever. And, and you know, yeah, they were able to do it. They, they, they adjusted. They had to deal with life. That was their life. And you still have this mentality nowadays, like, you know, the kid is, you know, the, the, the young black kid is as strong as an adult man, you know, and they're, mm -hmm. they're perceived, they're perceived differently. And that's, like I said, there's no excuse for any of that. We should all, we absolutely should all be treated equal. We can all just get along, like Rodney King said, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's, this, it's these mentalities that just need to go. And I, I'm hopeful, and I've said this before, I'm hopeful that the future, that as, you know, the generations, and especially now, because, uh, you know, for the past, um, not even 50 years, we, when we've, we've started down this path of equality from, 
you know, the civil rights legislation and the idea that, you know, um, slavery is bad uh, for anybody mm -hmm. that uh, moving forward in, in the years and the generations to come, I think there will be this understanding that, you know, that things will be treated on an equal basis, that when your kid is hurt at school, the, the school is going to be responsible and let everyone know and treat everyone the same. I, I really like to think that we're on that path. And I'm a little idealistic about it, but, you know, but I, I just, I, I hate yeah. to see it happening in a time where, you know, we say that, you know, everybody's treated equal, but in reality, it's not. As a mom, I mean, you see it probably more than, you know, the dads do. The dads and their sons especially are like, we'll, we'll tell our own kid, we'll knock them down, get up. Come on, mm -hmm. you're tough, you can do it. Moms are different. Nope. Moms and, and sons, and I've noticed this with my two, there's a big difference between, you know, the moms and dad, the moms and the daughters and the moms and the sons. And it's, you know, the old thing, mama's boy and daddy's girl. It's mm -hmm. absolutely true. But, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, you see probably very clear in your eyes, Ebony, that, you know, the way things go down and, you know, and then you're bringing your upbringing as, you know, a, a, a lawyer, somebody that, you know, looks at the law and like, that's, you know, what you went to school for it's got to be real frustrating and maddening to kind of see the system, you know, play itself out. And it's, it's the way it is. And you're like, we should be better than this. Mm -hmm. We should yeah. be better than this. That's the most frustrating part is that we should be and could be better than this. Yeah. But some mm. people don't like the, the challenge that it presents when the, yeah. when the playing field is equal, yeah. um, you know, yeah, change. That's what I like to call exposure. You get exposed yeah. when you level yeah. the playing field and people aren't ready for that type of exposure. Can but I yes. can I say can I say something real quick? No, let's let's rewind back to when you're talking about the laws. Laws are not made for people of color. I, I don't know. I'm just that, done that saying that. I'm done saying that, that because at the time all the white men sat at the table to sign the laws, black people were three fifths of a person. Oh, not even. So on, they, said, they, they were yeah. they were not equal. they were considered property at, at yeah. the outset of the Constitution. So let's be clear, even more. Yeah, clear. yeah, yeah. They yeah. were not even contemplated when those laws were it, written. The, the, so, the Constitution yeah. was not written to include um, African-Americans as citizens um, and yeah. certainly did not intend to uh, treat them equally. Uh, they were not even considered exactly. to be people. And then they kind of carved, essentially carved out a niche for them <laughs> as mm -hmm. the years went on. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the, the laws um, were, all of our laws were created based around our constitution. Yeah, so, and that's, we had to amend, and lies we had to the go problem. back and do that. Right, yeah, and, right. And amend these laws to kind of try to help us, but. Yeah, but then you still have the mindset of like, you know, the law enforcement, you know, per, the perceived threats. And I've seen it too, where, you know, you'd be talking in our, our line of work, and we don't want to give too many personal details away, but, you know, you'll see police officers and you talk to them and they're kind of cool and everything's fine. You know, yeah, they're people, mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden something happens and they switch mm -hmm. to cop mode. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, what does how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't, exactly. I couldn't even imagine being at the other end of that. And I, as, a, as the, you know, stereotypical top of the pyramid, you know, white guy, I'm mm -hmm. scared to death of a cop going cop mode on me. So I can't mm -hmm. even imagine what it's like for somebody of color to, to have that come down on them and not just from one cop, because you know, they're calling for backup. So it's going to be, you know, like that little girl and mm. the story that I heard in, in um, uh, Rockport was she was dealing with one cop and everything was okay. You mean Rock, then, Rochester? Yeah. Yeah. Rochester. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then there was another cop that came in and took over and then another cop. So there was this, 
change mob mentality. Well, let's yeah. let's get into it. Let's well, let's get into care. it, man. Let's get in, let's yeah. get into it. If we're gonna get into, it, let's get into it, man. I think the the very first thing that needs to be noted about that situation was it was a domestic issue. So let, let's just start yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Anytime you have a domestic issue, anytime you have a domestic issue, especially involving children, um, obviously you want to make sure that everybody's safe, weapons, everything. But this was an issue, um, you know, regarding this girl being separated from her father. Um, mm-hmm. And how it escalated into all, all that That's what we I'm trying saw to figure out. <laughs> was completely and only because of the police. Like they are the reason that it happened that way, that it just it literally kind of that 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 tumbleweed effect where the girl's walking home. She's approached and I just want to see my dad. I just want to talk to my dad. She's a child. Yeah. She should be able to see him. Um, it, it, not to mention that if there was a situation where. Uh, you know, there were um, whatever the allegations that were being um, alleged, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a social worker might have been a good call in that situation. Yes. Um, yes. A case manager of some sort, um, maybe some sort of victim advocate. We've got all of these trust. I say these titles because they exist, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like there are yeah. people out there that are paid to it's not actually, like you making it up. It's not like right. Deal with these like situations. That. Yet. <laughs> We go straight to the police. They're not, they're not oh, there. They're not equipped to handle the clearly, um, even though they, you know, should be to handle these types of situations. And they are the reason that this escalated the way it did. Yeah. And 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 from what I read, and um, and I was reading deep into it today and just trying to figure out from different angles to make sure I covered everything. Um, I thought I saw somewhere where once they got the girl and the mom was there and the mom was like the girl might have a little mental issue so she, the, the the mother was like well you know the father was there she was crying for her father mm-hmm. so the, the mother was like this is not a i call the police you know to just help us we're not here to she's not in trouble or anything because right. i don't want her arrest or anything and the mom was kind of saying look let's take a step back and call like you say health services or somebody right. at that point uh, the police officers were like, no, nah, we just, they basically just started treating her like an adult. Like that's exactly what stop, happened. Get into the nine, the yeah, nine year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the nine year old. And what really set me off was <laughs> it's even hard to say this. It was two males and a female officer. So I was thinking, well, it was the female officer. It was kind of soft hearted. Well, she was the one that ended up spraying. Yes. The girl. Yep, and, the female uh, officer. Yep. Yeah, the the and it, it's disheartening because it's like, um, it's this is a nine year old. It's three of you guys. First of all, it's it's three of you guys. I'm sure if you had to subdue her, whatever you had to do, you can do it with a nine. I mean, it's not that hard. And then to pepper spray her, and the girls say, "Hey, my." Um, why are you pepper spraying me? And for an officer to say, because you're, uh, you're not complying. You're, are you, yeah, you're not, you're not doing what I tell you're you. You're acting do. like a child. Yeah, you're yeah. acting like, I was just about to say it. You're acting like a child. I wanted to get the exact words. And the girl's like, I am a child. Yeah, the little girl said, <laughs> but I am a child. That's just mind blowing. Yeah, I'm like. I'm not sure what disability she had, but she had I, enough I sense to know matter. that. This was a, you're right, it doesn't matter, but she had enough sense to know that this was an adult. 
treating a child in a way that an adult should not be treating a child, whether she's yeah. a, whether it's a police officer, whether it's, you know, someone else's, I don't know, a neighborhood parent or, or whatever, like you do realize I'm a child, right? Like at what point should you be educating an adult that you are in a child? It was very, very apparent, you know, like I just, and they exactly. knew the situation. And <sighs> when you have a domestic violence situation, the number one thing you, you the police should be out there doing is de-escalating. Like, mm. it, you know, that, that, that is your only job when it comes to a domestic violence call to me. Um, besides mm -hmm. securing the house, and making sure everything's safe, the next step should be de-escalation, you know, and, and yes. that means separating people, talking to people, figuring out what happened, but not in a sense that you need to not only detain, handcuff, but then pepper spray a nine-year-old who wasn't causing any problems. <laughs> mm, mm. And then when the nine-year-old says, hey, my eyes are burning, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. you don't, you, you don't help them. Mm -mm. And you say things like you should have thought about that before you started screaming right. and acting up. And then right. I looked into the laws. They're supposed to aid. Mm -hmm. But it, it's just so. It, it's so much. Um, it's just traumatic to read because I have an eight year old daughter. I can imagine. That was what I when I saw that, all I was thinking is my child is nine years old. <laughs> I have I have a nine year old daughter who's African-American. This could be my daughter on this video that's gone viral mm -hmm. and so i you see a, you know most people see you know police uh detaining pepper spraying a little girl i see my little girl getting pepper sprayed and handcuffed for something mm -hmm. that should not have happened and i would just it, it, i cringe when i when i saw it i just i just yet another example of us being treated differently us mm -hmm. being our children being treated like adults uh or, you know, uh, uh, or even worse, being manhandled, a child mm -hmm. being manhandled like an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, D definitely, definitely. Well, um, I'm, and go I'm, ahead. no, I was just going to say, I'm hoping that as you know, like we like I keep I said this before, but, you know, like the idea that the future is getting better. Um, you know, we've we've over the last few years and even since last year with, um, you know, with what happened with George Floyd, the idea that, you know, it's a terrible brand. It's a terrible way to label it. But, um, you know, the, the defund the police idea, you know, choose better words. But the idea is spot on that the police are, you know, they're perceived as a bully threat when pulled into yeah. a situation. And, you know, the idea, like you said, Ebony, of de-escalation, that needs to be first and foremost in their mind and in their mindset. And it is not. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that as the police you know, I, I, like I said before, it's, it's their problem. They're the ones that are causing the problem. They need to be the ones that fix it, but they need to be made to fix it. And, you know, uh, so it, it's tough. I to also, I, I mean, I've kind of talked about this before. Uh, my, my cousin's a police officer actually for Osceola. And we, we talked about that whole situation. Um, in fact, I guess, uh, he was telling me that the, uh, I guess they had to tighten up a patrolling uh, because of the death threats and everything this officer was receiving. But I mean, I could, I can only imagine people see this on TV. They're sending their kids to school. And I mean, obviously death threats aren't, the, aren't the way to go, but I, I, I guess I didn't realize that they, people were responding in that way. And I think because they were just so angry um, seeing what had happened out in Osceola County. Um, but I do, th I'm, so I, I just say that to say that um, I think seeing it, um, 
you know, this stuff has been happening for centuries. Years, hundreds, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say years, then I was going to say decades. I'm like, no, yeah. centuries is the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people, like, you know, people are always like, I can't believe this happened. I'm always like, yeah, you guys are like seeing it now, but uh, this is not new. And it certainly hasn't been new for me. I mean, everybody flipped out over Rodney King, but Rodney King was an, one example of the stuff that was going down yeah. in L.A. or in, you know, Baton Rouge or whatever city you want to, you know, small town, big town, big city, Chicago, whatever town you want to say. I mean, I can remember being 12 years old listening to N.W.A like you know just hearing all of the stuff that they were saying and at the time I lived in California and it was just like so for me you know I wasn't you know in that you know particular area where they grew up but I, Mm -hmm. I, I the mood of that that of that that whole movement was so powerful because Mm -hmm. it was one of the first times that people spoke about what was really really happening stood up and stood stood up and called and and called them out you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and you know it was it's crazy I just I haven't watched it yet but even something as silly as like uh you're uh, well it's not silly it's obviously a very powerful song uh, Andrew Day and how they like tried to silence her for her music I mean we're talking Mm -hmm decades ago that the government was trying to like we have to stop this when she literally is talking about you know men being lynched and it's oh, just talking like, about billy holiday yeah billy yeah Ho- i'm sorry what did i yeah, say yeah. andrew day <laughs> i'm but sorry andrew played day played billy holiday, billy holiday. yeah yes. i knew he was talking yeah, okay about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah 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 i, I knew you said billy holiday yeah yep, yep. But you know you know what i mean mm-hmm. just like so it's not that they were the first to do it but it's one of the only ways i feel like african americans have really been able to kind of channel uh that sort of anger in a way that they could communicate it outside of their little, you know, their neighborhood or their circle or the, mm-hmm. you know, just the individuals and neighbors that they do life with. I mean, the, they were communicating something on the West Coast that people were experiencing nationwide. We're just like, oh, my gosh, like mm-hmm. it happens there, too. You know? Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I just and I don't I, think this is uh, not to cut you off. I don't think this is new. Like Ebony was saying to black people, I think it's new to white people because Absolutely. it's not in there. We see we we were seeing it every day in our communities because right. the 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 over policing was happening in our communities. But it's been happening when yeah. it when it got to the suburbs and it started being witnessed on TV, then right. people were shocked. Like, oh my god, I can't believe yeah. it's happening. Well, you know, no, because it's, that's, because it's, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't you know. And then people like are like, oh my gosh, this is really. And it's like, yeah. This is yeah. how it is. Not for you. Not <laughs> exactly. Then, when it was called out, you know, a lot of the res- re- response is to come out with laws that allow them to continue the behavior, the stand mm-hmm. your ground, uh, mm-hmm. stop and frisk. Um, those laws were created because, yeah, they knew they were doing wrong. Well, how about we create a law that allows us to do this? You know, how about we create a law that yes. allows a person to shoot somebody that they're scared of? Because, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you should be able to stand your ground if you can't, you know, you know, uh, you know, accept whatever force is coming at you or lack thereof. Really, I, I think for most instances, at least the ones that have gone to trial, but it's crazy. They've actually used the law to to allow them to conduct themselves in a way that is completely, uh, in my opinion, unacceptable. It's just and it's mm-hmm. hard to see. It's really, really and hard remember to see. Too- the police unions are very strong, strong. Right? in the Rochester in the are. Rochester case in the Rochester case they wouldn't even allow for the officers names to be identified because the family uh 
has sued the city and the police department. Yeah. And they've suspended the officers, but the police unions are so strong uh, in all of these cities. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, I think the bigger problem that you have with most of these, and this is just my legal perspective, because I do you know, work and handle uh, some of the, the federal cases that end up going forward um, with excessive force, abuse, police mis- misconduct. Um, to me, the bigger problem is the agencies investigating themselves. I think that is the most <laughs> ridiculous notion. Um, say it, and no, honest- say it. Say it. <laughs> We've investigated ourselves and cleared ourselves of all wrongdoing. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Yeah. That is said a lot. It is so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, ourselves of all wrongdoing. I I just, I'm sorry. I am floored sometimes that this is like still happening in 20, now 2021. Like, how are you investigating yourselves and clearing yourselves? did a thorough investigation. Right. And I honestly think it should be by, oh, well, you know, so you guys have probably discussed that, but yeah, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. We should take a short break and we will be right back. Um, we were we were talking about um, um, the police investigating themselves, and we can continue to kind of talk about that. But if there, is there anything else you wanted to kind of get through with this first kind of go around with us today? Yeah, I was talking about was uh, essentially sort of the the, the medical field um, and how I feel. African-American women don't necessarily um, get the best care um, if they are being treated by somebody who's, uh, I would say, not a minority. I personally, mm-hmm. you know, have an African-American primary care physician. My kids have an African-American uh, pediatrician. Um, and I mm-hmm. feel I'm more comfortable with that because I feel like my concerns and my issues are taken seriously. You know, I'm not going to the doctor just to go to the doctor. So when I do go, <laughs> there is mm-hmm. an issue that I feel needs to be addressed. Um, I, you know, my kids, uh, if I'm taking them, it's because mm-hmm. I feel like there's something wrong. Um, and uh, I was saying earlier before I cut out that, you know, I have practiced MedMal. I have seen um, multiple African-American women with, you know, misdiagnosis. And don't get me wrong. I know doctors make mistakes. But when you see the medical records um, and you see the the countless complaints that are made and are just not addressed or taken seriously, followed up, it just gives you that like, you know what, maybe I need to trust someone else with my care. You Mm -hmm. know what, like maybe I need to trust somebody else with my children's care. Um, Mm -hmm. And the thing that really, really makes it worse is, um, you know, when we do all of these testing, you know, our, our trials. Um, the portion of African-American women that are included in these trials and, you know, our body makeup is different and may not react the same to a medication or uh, an agent that's used to, you know, cure a problem. Um, And so most of the uh, trial groups are going to be, you know, people of European descent. And so when you have this variable of African-Americans not either having the same results there's really no research out there because they don't do the research on us. We're just no doubt, made. No doubt. To, it, so it's just, it's like this craziness. It's the, it's mm-hmm. the, the healthcare industry has consistently not uh, treated uh, African-Americans in my opinion. And I think there's a lot of data out there to support this um, as they do 
our white counterparts, whether it's mm-hmm. women, men, or children. Um, even mm-hmm. just in uh, childbirth alone, uh, you know, the infant mortality rates or all of it, when it comes to African-American women, it's there's a huge disparity. And I'm convinced it's because, you know, where our concerns, um, our uh things that we feel need to be addressed by doctors are not just, just not given the same amount of attention or concern as, um, you know, Mm non-blacks, non-minorities. So I'm always a big proponent of people of color, having someone of color just so that they can, um, feel at least. And I, you know what, I could be completely wrong. It has not been my experience, but I just feel like we, we get a different sort of ear listening to our concerns when we have yes. our own people listening to us. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I, well, I kind of like, think that, go ahead, go, go, ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I no, just I just say, I, <laughs> I kind of think <laughs> it ties into the, that little bit of privilege, you know, for the non-colored folk to, you know, that, that right there is what that is. You know, you're kind of, yeah. we're kind of just used to going to the doctor and, you know, yeah, you might get a good one or a bad one, but more than likely the systems, the system is made for the non-minority. And right. unfortunately yes. that's where that, I just felt like that was a correlation that, that connects Hence, to the what majority. There you go. Basically yeah. saying the majority. So, yes. right. Go ahead, Randall. What were you going to say? No, I just feel to piggyback on uh, Ebony and Noah, because both of you are correct. I just feel all this encompasses everything about America. Don't get me wrong. I love this country. You know. Um, I know. Because Lord knows if you. You're yeah. About yeah. It, hey. You're, you're not you, a patriot. Man, you, know, you, you know you're not a patriot. Hey, I don't want to. Yeah. I love this country. You know. I'm a veteran. I did all of that stuff. So don't at me. But uh, I just feel like. When I've talked to white people. Not all. Some. Um, they look at the world in America through different lenses because everywhere they, they go, <laughs> yeah, 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 everywhere they go, they see somebody that looks like them. Like I saw mm-hmm. something last night that hit me. I was looking at a Steve Harvey clip. I think it was on somewhere on social media. And he said, when I went to Africa, it was the first time in my life when I was in that country that I wasn't the minority. And he said, mm-hmm. it just hit me. It hit me because everything was geared towards me. Like the vibe was an African black people. But does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? So oh, he, yeah, felt comfortable. he felt comfortable. He had never, he walked through 60, he said 65 years of his life as, you know, the minority. And when he went to Africa, that was the first time in his life he was in the country. I forget which country he was in, Kenya, somewhere. He was doing a family field taping. He felt he was the majority and he felt right. differently. So I think that, you know, through life, through maybe no following, I don't know. But most white people walk through life like that. So when they see someone on TV like, oh, my goodness, black people are getting murdered and killed. You know, how when did that start happening? Or, yeah. you know, the healthcare system is not right for, you know, minorities. When did that, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't or, see or, that. Yeah. Or that can't be true. That's, yeah, that's exactly. not really <laughs> true. Yeah, no, I don't believe that. That's not true. Because that yeah. doesn't happen to me, so it can't really happen to anybody else. Exactly. So that I just wanted to add nuts. that. Yeah, I just wanted to add that. But um, And I think ahead, with Emily. that, 
with that, you can add, and this is what um, I, you know, have done a couple of different, you know, talks with uh, people regarding, you know, how I feel about, uh, you know, police abuse, uh, the excessive force against African-Americans. Obviously, most people know what my position is. Um, and a lot of people just don't see it that way because they've never seen it and, until these videos have gone viral, you know, because, you know, you know, Rodney King, all of this is these are these things have been happening for like we've already said centuries. Mm -hmm. You're just now aware, you know, it's not like, you know, this wasn't happening before. Um, but it's just funny to me that, you know, people, you know, go go crazy when you talk about it. And I'm like, well, you know, let's let's take the police out of it. Let's talk about teachers. Let's talk about doctors. Let's talk about nurses. Let's talk about, you know, the people at 31 flavors serving you ice cream or is it Baskin Robbins now, whatever it's called. Like they're everywhere. You got bad people in, in, in racist people in every profession from the bottom yeah. to the top, whether it's corporate mm -hmm. America or whether it's in the stock room at Walmart, they exist on all levels. And so for, for us to call out a particular profession, um, we can do that for every profession. I, I, I guarantee you we can do it um, because it, it just exists. You can't separate. You can't pull it out. It's not a profession now. But I'm there's a difference. There's a difference, though. There is a difference, however, yes. because of the amount of power and deadly force exactly. that the, yes. this particular group has. Yes. So that's why we talk about it. But I'm saying let's, let's if we took it out, let's like not talk about them. You, I know I, I can I can name at least five racist teachers that I had. I know exactly <laughs> who they are, what schools they were at, what grade I was in. I remember it so clearly, so clearly. Um, and so when you think about those people, you know, raising and having children, it just perpetuates itself. And so you get it everywhere. Um, but the difference with the police is, you know, it could be a life or death decision that that person is making and yeah. make on a daily basis. And I think, you know, kind of bring it back to that situation in Kissimmee, my, you know, concern as a mother, I just want to be able to tell my kids that they're, you know, going to be safe in their schools. I mean, that's just seems like a, a like a, like a non, like a non-negotiable, right? Like that's just something that should come. You know, mm -hmm. I get I don't on think the streets. So. I, I don't think I know. so. I know, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I feel like there's certain places you should feel safe. And to me, yeah. school is one of them. I'm sorry. I, I just feel like that should be a non-negotiable. And in that instance, I was just thinking, well, hell, my kids aren't even safe in school. Mm. And that's, that's I, I guess, what really rocked me. You know, it's one thing for you to be approached in your car um, outside. Um, but, you know, children, a middle school, a middle school, how can you not be protected but, in that environment? But, Ebony, think about it, though. Think about all of the, and I hate to keep harping on it, but think about all the places in the last, let's just do five years of places where black people have been murdered. Let's think about it. Yeah, yeah. In their homes. In their garage. In, the, in, in the, their garage. In the garage. In the garage. In their house. down the street. Sleeping in your own home. Yep. Sleeping in the car, selling CDs. Yep. You know, sure, getting stopped with a traffic stop. Brianna Taylor is probably the worst example because she was not only not a criminal, not only not involved in some criminal enterprise, but killed while she was sleeping in her home for and and because of a man that they were trying to pick up who was already in custody. I mean, it's like you got to be kidding me. Remember Athena Johnson, the girl in Houston 
um, Noah and Casey we were talking. Uh, we were talking about when she was in her house and she was playing a video game with, uh, I think, another person in the house. And maybe it was loud. It was a gun game or so. Anyway, the police were called. Somebody ran, called the police, came to her house, knocked on the door. Well, she didn't know and bammed on the door. She went in, you know, protecting her. So she's a gun owner. Right. Comes to comes to protect herself. The police officer shoots through the window, kills her. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Dead to this day. That was uh I have a list where I just Keep, yeah. wrote down it was like somebody sent me this thing it was like a it was like a uh, hundred reasons to vote and it had a hundred people mm-hmm. of color that were murdered in the last i say six years but anyway i mean we could go on well, yeah on it's, yeah let, you know i given the time of everybody that we've got right now we'll we'll wrap it up um, Ebony, mm-hmm. it's been fantastic having you as a guest. Really, Thank really you. appreciate your time, uh, no your voice. Um, we definitely got to do this again. I was thinking uh, we could just have you on every Wednesday, and we'll call it Webinar <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know what, um, I, how, how, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking about today, right? Hey, <laughs> so, man. Whatever you want to talk about, man. Get Breath some, right? Get some uh, female flavor in that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, we have funny. We have funny topics too. We have. It's not all serious. We have, you yeah. know. Well, you know, I, I heard y'all were doing a movie review, and let me just say that is my wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that that okay. was we did one. We did one at the at the onset. That was our first one, I'm pretty sure, and that was a doozy. But um, definitely got to have you back on. Really appreciate your time. Um, Absolutely. And, and um, thank you very very much. Um, if you want to give a shout out to anybody or anything. Um, and then I'm going to do the, do the wrap up. Cause he's so good at it. And I know I'm going to mess it up. So uh, Ebony, no, no promotion here. Um, I, I will say for people who, um, have, or feel like they have been, um, uh, if they have been arrested wrongfully, or, uh, if they, uh, feel like they were, have been the, the victim of some sort of police abuse or violence, please call my law firm, Haynes and Laurent. Um, you can look us up online. That's Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S, Laurent, L-A- L-A-U-R-E-N-T. Uh, we do focus um, on those types of cases. Um, I do personally personal injury, but the firm does focus on those cases. There have been you know, quite a few in Orlando, uh, Osceola, Sanford um, that we are currently handling. And you know, it's always good to know that you, even if you just want to have a consultation, you can give us a call and we can see if it's you know, a matter you can pursue. No awesome. doubt, no doubt. Awesome. We appreciate you, Ebony. Thank you for coming uh, on. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. No awesome. doubt. All right. So I actually wanted to say something real quickly uh, before I kind of wrap Go ahead. Up, is from listening to what everyone was saying, listening to the entire conversation, it's the way I feel as Black people or as people of color, how we are viewed, how they look mm-hmm. at us, how they how they see us and they don't see us as an equal. They don't see us as a person. It's always a less than. Yeah. And I'm not even sure what they really see us as, but it it isn't something that they look at and kind of feel familiar with. Um, And so that's why we have that disparity the way that it is. That's why you have the, the, the doctors or the schools or the police. I mean, I just read the book about Henrietta Lacks and and just what happened to her alone Mm -hmm just blew my mind not even that but even though they had the uh the hospital for the negro insane 
And I was <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Like, there's only crazy black people in this world? Like, I mean, come on, it's for the Negro <laughs> insane. I mean, it's <laughs> not for the title. They had a hospital <laughs> just for that. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know, just, uh, and, and then you also you also kind of run it in with the police. The police are supposed to de-escalate, but for some reason with black people, it is shoot first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. For some reason, why why is that? Why did they suddenly get that that angry, that aggravated that they literally have to shoot you first? They're the ones with the gun nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And for the people that they have shot and killed, most of them, if not all of them, were unarmed. So mm-hmm. where was the threat that that had to happen? Mm-hmm. It, it baffles me. And what really baffles me, I think, is um, we all know this is going on. We all clearly see that this is going on. So I can't, I can't listen to anybody outside of that and call ignorance and say, you don't understand what's going on right now. And you're still not really that angered to want to do something about it. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's like people are just being killed and they just kind of go, oh, that's so sad. And we'll move on. And mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. just day after day after day. And it's like, like you said, this has been going on since Rodney King. And Rodney King was know, like 40 years ago. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's still going on today. It's just worse. They're more blatant with it. They're, they're more just wide open with it. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that's... That's kind of what angers me is, yes, this is going on, but clearly nobody gives a shit about it, except for right. right. So anyway, with that being said, Ebony, wanted to thank you very much for coming on today. It was actually a joy to have a different voice than ours, yes. droning on all day long like we usually do mm-hmm. and making the same old corny jokes. So thank <laughs> you very much for being here with us. Uh, please, please come back whenever you can. All right. With that being said, I would like to say thank you all for listening to another conversation with Open Minds. We hope you were enlightened. Hope you enjoyed this episode today. So wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen, Spotify or Google or Apple, check us out on Facebook. Wherever you see us, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And please always remember to have a conversation with an open mind.